Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26 says, Whenever you come together, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. The Apostle Paul was saying that when believers come to the church meetings, they should have something of the Lord to share with others. But what a contrast to the situation we see in church meetings today. Well, we have a special program today, and we really hope that you'll stay with us. And Ed Marks has joined us to share in this uh, very enlightening program. Ed, glad to have you for a special one today. Yeah, Chris, it's really good to be back on the radio program. 1 Corinthians 14 is a classic chapter to show us how we Christians should meet as the church. And I think as we go through this portion of Leviticus, we'll see in typology how we as Christians need to experience Christ and enjoy Christ so that we can appreciate him more and more, and then we can present him to one another for one another's nourishment, and for God's glory and satisfaction so that the church can be built up. Ed, I appreciate your introduction there because that really is the context of this message. We've been talking about Leviticus, and here we open with 1 Corinthians, and they say, I thought we were in the life study of Leviticus. Well, uh, as you just pointed out, Ed, the reality of the offerings that we're touching in Leviticus really is alluded to here by the Apostle Paul, isn't it? Exactly, Chris. And just so our listeners are kept up to date, what we see is that Christ is the reality of all the offerings and sacrifices in the Old Testament. In this program, we're going to see the burnt offering. Mm -hmm. Well, the burnt offering signifies Christ as God's pleasure and satisfaction. Christ was the one who was absolute for God. In the Old Testament, the burnt offering was offered up wholly for God's satisfaction. Well, this is Christ. He lived a life that was absolutely for God's satisfaction. We need to experience him, and then we need to offer him up. Where can we do this? It's when we Christians are meeting together, and we will see how this is very applicable to us in the typology in Leviticus. Well, Ed, all through the program today, we will most likely come back to this picture in 1 Corinthians as a help to us to apply what we're seeing. But let's go now to Leviticus, where we want to see that the way to offer the burnt offering from Leviticus chapter 1, which is a comparison of our offering Christ to God, as you said, in the church meetings, is really opened up to us in greater detail than we can see anywhere in the New Testament. There are different sizes of animals offered in Leviticus. There's a bull, 
There's a sheep or a pigeon or turtle doves. And these differences in sizes we're going to see apply to the different apprehension and appreciation of Christ that exists among the members of his body today. And based upon our growth and our appreciation and our experience, our offering will be of a different size or magnitude. And that's really the first point we want to look at. Let's join Witness Lee. The sons of Aaron, who are the priests, they are the uh, tithes of the believers. The way to offer differs, just like the size differs uh, in the offering. A bull is the biggest. A sheep is a little smaller than the bull, but still quite big. But two birds, turtle doves or young pigeons, these are too small. This uh, signifies the difference in size. Christ himself is in only one size. He is just what he is. No difference in size. But in the apprehension, realization, and appreciation of the different offerers, there is the difference, the size of their realization, the size of their appreciation. Suppose tonight Paul is here. And we have some dear ones just saved last week. Paul and these lately saved one. All love the Lord. Sure you could see <laughs> Paul's apprehension, realization, and uh, appreciation. My, I don't know. Even bull can define it. Do you believe the size of the bull can compare with the size of Paul's apprehension, realization, and appreciation of Christ? Too, too extensive, Paul's size. But how about this young one who got saved two weeks ago? Apparently, he's more hot than Paul. <laughs> Paul has been so long in love with the Lord, somewhat he's Dallas, at least, had been a little bit cold down. And this new one, my, it's crazy. Now how about his apprehension, realization, and appreciation? How about, you think it so small. The size of pigeon, I say this to show you, huh? Here you do have this difference in size of the uh, different offerings based upon the offerer's apprehension, realization, and appreciation. Ed, before we go any further, I think we really want to make this point very, very clear. We're talking about the burnt offering, which is the first offering covered in Leviticus. And if we read chapter 1 carefully, we will realize that there are several different animals that can be offered as the burnt offering, from something as small as the pigeon or turtle dove up to a bullock. And these different sizes are very significant as they relate to our experience of Christ. Why don't you pick it up here and help develop this? Exactly. We want to emphasize that Christ is the reality of the burnt offering. He is the one who was God's pleasure and satisfaction, who lived a human life on this earth that was absolute for God. 
Now, when you consider that and you look at the burnt offering, you see that there are different types of burnt offerings and different sizes. There's a bull. A bull is very big. Sheep is smaller than a bull. Or you can offer turtle doves or pigeons. This is even smaller. Well, how can you explain this, these different sizes and offerings? Christ is just who he is. Christ is unsearchably rich. He's all-inclusive. He's all that we need. He is wonderful, marvelous. He is universally extensive. How can you explain that on the one hand, Christ will be typified by a bull, and on the other hand, go down to the size of a turtle dove? Well, it's not that Christ in himself has a different size. It's just that our appreciation of him can vary. Like Brother Lee mentioned, the Apostle Paul, he really appreciated Christ. He saw so much of Christ. So his experience of Christ, his enjoyment of Christ, was at least like that of a bull. But if someone's newly saved, I mean, Chris, you and I can consider when we first got saved, even though we were very excited, still our appreciation and realization of Christ was like that of a turtle dove, very small. Now, only the Lord knows where we are right now, but I think we can testify, you and I, that our appreciation of Christ is much greater. Chris, what I would like to emphasize to our listeners is that we should never be contented with how much we know of Christ. It's one thing even to know about him doctrinally, but how much do we really know him as a person experientially? You know, Chris, Philippians is one of my favorite books because it's a book full of the experience of Christ. And some expositors believe that Paul wrote this book 26 years after his conversion. Well, 26 years after his conversion, he is exactly the opposite of a contented Christian. And you look at verses 8 and verse 10 of Philippians 3. He said, I count all things as refuse that I may gain Christ or that I may win Christ. Then in verse 10, he says, I want to know this person, to know him. Well, you could say, well, didn't Paul know Christ? Surely he does know him to a certain extent. But Paul realizes there's so much more of Christ to know. I want my appreciation, my knowing of him, my realization of him to be enlarged. Chris, in verse 13, Paul says, I forget the things behind, and I stretch forward to the things which are before. I'm pursuing toward Christ as my goal so that I could have Christ as my prize. What Paul was saying was, there is a vast, unexplored territory of Christ for me to enter into and gain. He wasn't satisfied with his realization of Christ and his subjective experiential knowing of Christ. Chris, if he wasn't satisfied after 26 years, how about us? We need to pray over this chapter and say, Lord, I want to know you more. Open my eyes to see more of you. Open my heart to contain more of you. Then our experience of Christ grows from a turtle dove to a sheep. Eventually, we are enjoying Christ as a bull and sharing this bull with others and with God for God's satisfaction. Ed, I don't want to be too quick to go on today. The connection here is too marvelous. And as you were speaking, I do recall when I was first saved, I was very aware that I was a very sinful person. And to realize that Christ had cleaned up that whole situation made me ecstatic. But that appreciation, just of that one aspect, that's just the beginning of all of Christ that there is to apprehend. But nonetheless, that's a turtle dove. That's an offering to the Lord, isn't it? 
It is. But Chris, as you go on in the Christian life, you pass through sufferings, you pass through trials, and the Lord grows deeper and richer to you in those times. You may not be so excited outwardly as you were when you were first saved, but as you go on, you know him in a deeper, richer, fuller way according to what is revealed of him in the New Testament. Well, Ed, let's go on now to another development of this picture. I think this will be a new thought to most of our listeners. It surely is for me. We're going to compare now the way that the offerings were offered or prepared. The larger offerings, like the bulls and the lambs or the sheep, they were prepared by the offerers themselves. But the smaller offerings, the pigeons or the turtle doves, were prepared by the priests. And this, of course, is described in chapter 1 of Leviticus. There's a meaningful application for us, and it will take us back to what we were speaking of at the beginning of the program today, 1 Corinthians 14. Why don't we go back to Witness Lee and then come back for another time. When the offerer of the bull, I tell you, he realized and apprehended Christ and appreciated Christ to such a deeper and more detailed way. But... The offerer of the two birds. This offerer doesn't have that much capacity. He just brings a pair of little birds as a whole, all together in a natural way. But the priest knows that could not be accepted. So the priest works on the offering. Firstly, the priest rings off the head. That means kills it. And secondly, to cure this offering. And then take off the crop. You know the crop? Like a sack, S-A-C. To keep the, uh, the food. That means within the bird, there's something from outside which is not clean. And that has to be taken away. Mm. And the feathers, there's something outside which is not clean. This needs to be taken off also. And the priest does everything to have a Christ processed. To have a Christ after God, not in the natural way, but in the way of being processed. But the offer of the bull, eventually, he offers Christ altogether in a processed way. But the offerer of the birds, he offered Christ altogether in the natural way. The very Christ he offers is the Christ, but his offering is in the natural way. Now, the size depends upon spiritual maturity, capacity, and ability. Ed, this is quite deep in its uh, interpretation and understanding. I want to set it aside for just a moment because I think the best context for us to get into this goes back to how you opened up the program today talking about 1 Corinthians 14, which really relates to the proper meetings of the church. What's the context in which they're offered, Ed, and how does that relate to our situation today? Yeah, Chris, of course, 1 Corinthians 14.26 is a marvelous verse that needs to be recovered among us Christians today. Paul says, whenever you come together, each one has, has something. In other words, you and I in our daily life, we touch something of our precious Lord in the Word, 
or we experience something of Christ during the day, well, that gives us something of Christ. When we come together and we have a meeting, whether it's in our home, you know, a small group or whatever, you have something of Christ. I have something of Christ. Another brother or another sister may have another portion of Christ. So our meeting is like a love feast. You know, in a love feast, I'm talking about this in the biblical sense. When we have a feast, like a potluck dinner, right. you might bring the spaghetti, I bring the salad, someone else brings another dish, and it makes a full meal. This is what our Christian meeting should be like. You bring your portion of Christ. I bring my portion of Christ. And then First Corinthians 14, 26 says, let all things be done for building up. That means for building up the body. When I share my Christ with you, you share your portion of Christ with me. That is what dispenses Christ into us, and that is what builds up the body of Christ. I need your portion of Christ, you need mine, and we need our listeners' portion of Christ whenever we meet together. That really helps, Ed. Okay, now let's pick that up in light of what we just heard. We see that these offerings not only vary in their size and shape, but they vary in the way in which they're offered. The large offerings, like the bull and the sheep are offered directly by the offerer. But as we pointed out, here is a new one with a very exciting but maybe limited appreciation or apprehension of Christ. This is his turtle dove. And yet Leviticus tells us that here the priest needs to help this one prepare it. How does this relate? Yeah, this is very precious and experiential in our meetings, Chris. Let's say we're meeting together with a group of eight people. And uh, let's say I'm newly saved. You've been a Christian for, how, how long have you been a Christian for, Chris? Well, it must be 27 or 28 years. Yeah, Chris, I was thinking you had been saved about 30 years. Okay, you've been saved pursuing the Lord all these years by the Lord's mercy. I'm newly saved. Okay, let's say that we read the Bible together, we sing a hymn together, and then we just share what we've experienced of Christ with one another. And I say, as a brand new believer, Oh, I just want to thank the Lord for his faithfulness to me. He is so faithful. The Lord got me a new job. I got a big raise. Now I'm able to have a nicer house. Praise the Lord for his faithfulness. Well, Chris, there's nothing wrong with what I said, but you have a deeper realization of what Christ's faithfulness is. So although you would receive that turtle dove in the meeting, Mm -hmm. you would realize Oh, that's wonderful, Ed. He's a new believer, and he enjoys the Lord's faithfulness. You wouldn't adjust me in any way because this is where I'm at. Right. But you would have an inner realization. Well, when Ed thinks of the Lord's faithfulness, he just thinks of it in the outward material realm. Now, when you testify, you would take my subject of faithfulness and my offering of faithfulness, and you might work on it to bring it more into the spiritual, divine, and mystical realm into the heavenly realm. You might say something like this, you know, brothers and sisters, I just want to follow what Ed said. I really appreciate the Lord's faithfulness. After being a Christian for many years, you know, the Lord, he does do a lot of things for us materially to care for us. But I realized in the past few years, I've been through a lot of sufferings. Even there was a year there where I lost my job. But we have to realize that the Lord's faithfulness is much deeper the Bible shows us that sometimes the Lord is faithful to take us through trials. He's faithful to take us through sufferings so that he can consume our outer man 
so that he can strip us of so many things in the material realm that distract us from him. And he's faithful to bring us deeper into the enjoyment of him, a deeper knowing of him, so that we realize if I have Christ, no matter what my circumstances are, Christ is everything. This is his faithfulness to me so that I would know him in a deeper, richer way. For what purpose? So that he can transform me into his image. You see, this is a much deeper realization of faithfulness. So both of these things can be offered in the meeting. But see, mine is a pigeon. Yours is a bullock. You know, Ed, uh, I'd like to close on this point. If we look in Hebrews chapter 13, a very simple verse that is often quoted, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, yes, even forever. He never changes. But our realization and apprehension, and I really like uh, how you brought us back to Philippians a while ago, Paul, even at this advanced stage in his Christian experience, far beyond ours, was still pursuing, and everything was focused on his gaining, laying hold of this one to a greater and greater degree. We have a lot to strive for to really lay hold of him, don't we? Chris, we do, and I want to stress this with our listeners. If you look at the Apostle Paul, his Christian life was a quest to know Christ, to win Christ, and to gain Christ. Chris, it's amazing. In Acts 9, when Paul tells us about his testimony, his Christian life began with a question, Who are you, Lord? You remember? He said, Who are you, Lord? That's right. Actually, it took Paul's entire Christian life to answer that question. 26 years approximately after he asked that question, who are you, Lord? In Philippians 3.10, he said, to know him. The question was still being answered. I want to know this one. If you go to 2 Timothy, you know, eventually he says, I know him whom I have believed. His whole Christian life was for him to know this one in whom he had believed, whom he had received. So Paul's appreciation, realization, knowledge, and apprehension of Christ was continually growing each day. You know, Chris, I would just like to say something to our listeners in a practical way. If we want to know Christ in a deeper way every day, and we want to offer up Christ in the church meetings to God and to one another, like we see in 1 Corinthians 14, in verse 31, it says, you can all prophesy one by one. This is in the church meeting. Well, prophesy here isn't mainly in the sense of predicting. It means to speak for the Lord, to speak forth the Lord, to share the Lord with one another. Well, Chris, if we're going to do this in a deeper and richer way, we need to spend time in the Word every day. Don't let a day go by without reading your Bible. Every day, have a time with the Lord to read the Bible, to pray over the Bible, to get some riches from the Bible. And every day, pray Ephesians 1.17, Father, grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of Christ. Then the Lord will unveil you. You see more of Christ. You enjoy more of Christ in the Word. And as we exercise our spirit every day to pray by talking to the Lord, by saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I need you. And converse with the Lord every day. We will appreciate him more, apprehend him more, know him more, and our experience of him will get greater and greater, just like Paul's did. And this is the way the church can be built up. Ed, one of the characteristics of the burnt offering is that it is for God's exclusive satisfaction. But yet when God is satisfied, most often we are satisfied. 
I have that sense after our time together today. I appreciate your being here. Yeah, I do too, Chris. It is so marvelous that we can share the Christ that we love, enjoy, and experience with one another for the building up of the church. I'm sure you'll stand with me in recommending these printed life study messages, which are just beyond our ability to uh, adequately describe how they open up these hidden treasures that are there in God's divine revelation. We really highly recommend these to you. You can get all of the volumes of the Life Study of Leviticus, plus a number of other resources that we have. Uh, Witness Lee wrote uh, several books actually dealing with the offerings and relating them to the New Testament Gospels, particularly John. There's several marvelous things available. And please, be with us for as many of these programs on Leviticus as you possibly can. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.